Hello, who's here for our three o'clock seminar? Hey! Okay, my name's David. Um, I'm... I lead the lounge um, with some other people here at um, New Day. And outside of New Day, I am a um, composer and a songwriter, and I make music, um, hopefully, for a living. Um, And today, I just want to talk with you guys about um, how do we engage with culture and and particularly focusing on, on music, but it's applicable beyond that as well. Um, for step one, actually, should probably be to step back and say, why should we? <laughs> like, why should we care about culture? Why shouldn't we just cut ourselves off from it and be like, I'm only going to listen to worship music, I'm only going to read books by Christian authors, and I am not going to do anything that's on the radio at all Um, and there's something quite appealing about sort of insulating ourselves off it feels a lot safer but but it's it's not what God's called us to do so Jesus called us to be in the world but not of the world and being in the world means being aware of what's going on understanding it and reaching out into it And you can't do that if you've walled yourself up in a safe little space. Um, Yeah. Andy Crouch has a brilliant book, which I really recommend, called um, Culture Making. Um, I've checked. It's not in the bookshop on site, unfortunately. But if you haven't read it, check it out. It's a few years old. It's on Amazon and all of the places you buy bookshops. Not buy bookshops, buy books. If you can buy a bookshop good on you. Please fund my education. Um, um, He says that um, a constructive way forward for Christians in the midst of our broken but also beautiful cultures will require us to recover two biblical postures of cultivation and creation. Um, And Discovering that God is more intimately and eternally concerned with culture than we have yet come to believe. So God loves culture. And culture is just what happens when humans make things. So it's like, it's the trends and the agreements and the shared set of assumptions that we have when we come together as a community and that can happen on a large scale like I think if I was to go around the site and ask everyone do you believe murder is a good thing everyone would go nice it's not that great we all have that shared assumption and that's a good thing and a good assumption to share that human life is worth valuing on a smaller scale, if I was to go around and say, do you think One Direction is great? I would get a much more mixed reaction. <laughs> because some culture, cultural stuff is big and applies to all of us in the country, most of us across the world. Some stuff is small or smaller and will apply to your friendship group or your particular subculture in in music or in literature or creative arts or wherever you sit. Um, So yeah, reasons to engage with culture. Jesus asked us to, is the big one. It helps us connect with people. 
Um, if you understand what other people love, um, then when you're trying to, to reach out and link in with them, you've got a gateway there. And because it helps us make better things. If you know what is out there and you're listening to stuff and, and looking at what's good and what's not good and, and all that stuff, it helps you apply that to when you make your own stuff. So that's why I think we should actually care about any of this. Um, looking at practice, I want to make most of this practical because I think I've deliberately called it Can I Listen to That? <laughs> because I know when I was growing up, and I think it's, it's quite common, someone becomes a Christian and their first question is, what, what am I allowed to do? Can I carry on listening to everything I've been listening to? Do I have to change? Like, what do I have to change? So I'm going to look quite practically at some of that. And this might seem an odd way. I'm going to do it by looking at food. Um, not just because food is really nice. But um, in Corinthians, Paul writes to the Corinthian church um, and he's answering a question about can we eat food that has been offered to idols in advance so they had a, um, a practice in their culture where at the big temples food would be offered and then once it had been blessed it would then be be sold to be eaten and is it okay to eat something and Paul says um Therefore, as to the eating of food offered to idols, we know that an idol has no real existence and that there is no, no God but one. And although there may be so-called gods in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is only one God the Father from whom all things and for whom we exist. And one Lord Jesus Christ, through whom all things and through whom we exist. However, not all possess this knowledge. For some, through former association with idols, eat food as if really offered to an idol, and their conscience being weak is defiled. Food will not commend us to God. We are no worse off if we do not eat it and no better off if we do. But take care that this right of yours does not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. For if anyone sees you have knowledge of eating in an idol's temple, will he not be encouraged if his conscience is weak to eat food offered to idols? So, this feels a bit like that has no relevance here. Food is not music. But what Paul's saying here is that not some of you are really strong and that's great. Watch out for the weak people. What he's getting at is we are all weak, but in different ways. So for some people, it was an issue of, for them... They struggle with some of these, they struggle with idol worship because of their past, because of issues going on in their lives. So don't go around talking to them about how good the food is down at, at the temple of idols, because that's not going to help them. So how that then links into music is, can you listen to music that's full of swearing? Yes. We know that it's not going to, to... The act of doing that doesn't somehow make you less Christian or more Christian. But the question becomes, is it helpful? 
Uh, is it an issue that you struggle with? Will listening to that bring you closer to the image of Christ in your life or further away from it? Um, and for some people, that will be, that's fine and it's not an issue for me. And for other people, it will be, that's a real issue and it's not worth the risk. And it doesn't make you better or worse which side of that you fall. For me personally, I, um, I'm very careful with um, books because I can, I can take on a fictional world really quickly. So I have things in my life, like if I'm reading Harry Potter, I won't read the whole series back to back because I know it's not good for my mental space. It's not good for my thought life to do that. I always make sure I break it up with other things so that it's balanced out. With music, um, I listen to quite a wide range of stuff, but I make sure I balance it out with... I never have a musical diet that is solely secular. I always have Christian stuff in there to help me balance it out. Um, And I've got some friends who don't listen to um, anything explicit at all. Um, And and I completely respect and admire that and think and that is a brilliant choice for them. Um, So it's very much about knowing yourself and knowing where you are. I was looking for other examples as well. Um, And one was... I don't know if there's any YouTube fans out there. I'm looking around and I feel like Beauty Guru community might not be the most loved genre of YouTube in this room at the moment. But... um, but some of you may have come across Tatty Westbrook and James Charles had a huge falling out. Um, it, was re- it can be really easy to get caught up in this gossip sphere of YouTube drama and who hates who and what's going on. A similar thing in the music industry was Katy Perry and Taylor Swift, where for a good few years, anything that was released was, oh, is this a dig at Katy? Or, oh, is... Is this the dig? What does this mean in their music video? And it can be really easy to get caught up. And if you're someone that struggles with gossip and rumour mills and stuff like that, some of that can be really unhelpful. So it's thinking through, is this helpful to me? Does this help me walk in line with the Spirit? Does this help me be more like Jesus? Or does this push me away? And I cannot answer that question for you, because... I don't know you. Um, But those are the things to be thinking about. Um, Ed Sheeran's a really interesting one with this as well. He is perhaps... Adele does this as well, but all of his songs are so autobiographical that it is clear they are written about real people. Um, Don't, for example, is clearly about a real person who cheated on him and... If you know enough about the celebrity world, you can probably work out who. And that's some of the stuff that it's like, is that, is that helpful for us? Does it edify us? Does it build us up? Or is it something to be wary of? And again, this is all stuff that there's a scale. Like for some people, it's, that doesn't, I don't care about that. It doesn't impact me at all. For some people, it's, I really struggle with those things and don't want to take any part with it. And for most of us, there's probably somewhere between the two where it's, I want to engage with this culture but not take it fully on board. Um, A really good secondary question to be asking, once you've looked at 
into... So you've got some music that you love um, or you hate. You know that it's not something that is spiritually an issue for you, so you're listening to it. Really good question to ask. Why? Like, if you like something, why do you like it? If you hate something, why do you hate it? If One Direction is your favorite band ever, what is it about their music that makes you love it so much? And if you hate them and never want to see Harry Styles' hair ever again, why, what is it about their music, unless it's literally Harry Styles' hair, but what is it about their music that, that puts you off? And that, just asking that question, um, I had an A-level teacher that first, like any time he'd play us something and any time we had a reaction, he'd just be like, why do you feel like that? And that's a really good question to ask. It helps us be better musicians. It helps us be better creators. Um, it helps us be better songwriters, better writers. Just because we start to learn, oh, I really like this because I like how they've done that bass line. And that can really help move you forward in, in your craft. Um, and if you're not bothered about making anything in that area, so whether it's a book or a, a film or music, it can help you find other stuff that you really like as well. Because um, you start to realize the trends that, that you're really interested in. A um, couple of things to look at with songs. Um, Lyrically, and this is partly, I guess, in terms of what's going on there, but also partly about working out what, what is culture interested in. And I keep saying culture as if there's one big thing. There's not. There's a ton of little cultures that are all interlinked, and you can break that down as far as you like. Like, our culture is different from Chinese culture, but also my subculture in the music I write is different from the subculture that um, Slipknot exists in, which is different from the subculture that Kendrick Lamar sits in. Like, they're, they're talking about different things. So it's good to sort of ask, what are they talking about? One way to do that is lyrically, what are they singing? What are they saying? Um, what does it mean? Does it mean anything? Um, I would suggest that there are some songs out there that lyrically are meant to sound nice. They don't say anything. Um, although most of this was in the 90s. Um, people care a bit more about what they say now. Um, a really good thing alongside that is how does it make you feel? Um, so sometimes you can look at lyrics and just sort of think, I'm not 100% sure what they're getting at here. How does the song make you feel? Like, do you leave it feeling really upbeat and happy? Do you feel it leaving really, leave it feeling really down and depressed? Like, music has a really strong effect on us emotionally, and it's good to think about how does it, how is it affecting you? And um, partly on an individual level to be aware of. Um, if I'm in a really bad mood, there's some music I don't listen to because it just makes me feel worse. Um, but also because there'll be other people feeling that way. It's connecting into something. There's a reason it's selling well and people are writing music like that. Um, so it helps connect in. Um, where a song is on an album can change what it means. Ariana Grande just released um, Thank You Next, 
Um, and I was listening to it and I was thinking that this could mean one of two things. It could be a really empowering song about looking back on past relationships, moving on, and knowing that you've gained something from the experience even if it didn't turn out how you wanted, which is a really good message about relationships. It could also mean looking back on relationships and viewing relationships as something that helps you individually and who cares about the other person. Relationships are all about me. They're all about what I get out of it. Good, I've got what I need from you. Thank you, gone, next. Which is a terrible message. The next, album, the next song on her album is called Break Up With Your Girlfriend, I'm Bored. Sort of implies that she's leaning towards the latter not helpful message in that rather than a really positive one um, because yeah that's the context that the album gives it um, the other thing really worth looking at is um, how does music work with it um, sometimes you've got really happy lyrics and a really that it's completely undercut by the music and it helps portray the fact that maybe people say they're really happy but actually there's a sadness underneath that for example the example I could think of immediately off the top of my head was actually the opposite of that which is um, Pumped Up Kicks by MGMT it's really really upbeat it's really happy it's got that um, I think it might have been used for the opening of Made in Chelsea um, I'm not sure it's got that do 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 all that, it's really good it's about a school shooting and it is a really, if you look at the lyrics it is incredibly dark and, but it's conveying this idea um, they're from the States so it's talking about the situation there where you've got some really tragic and horrific stuff going on and people are treating it as if it's just everyday life and it's the music and the lyrics work together to create something deeper than you could lyrically or musically alone. Um, does that all sound useful? Cool. I'm seeing some vague nods out there. <laughs> um, I'm just going to look at um, a few common themes that are coming up in, in pop music at the moment. Um, I thought we could probably listen to some stuff together, chat about it a bit, and then I'm going to open it up for Q&A if anyone has any questions. Um, so I've only got like four short things on common themes. One is something that's come up really recently. I don't know if anyone's heard Miley Cyrus's latest album, or EP even. Um, she's got a song on there called Unholy. Um, hey Violet are a sort of pop punk band they've also got a song called Unholy um, both of them link unholiness to doing things that are frowned upon so with Miley her thing is all about um, I go out, I get drunk, I do drugs you call me unholy with Hey Violet it's I'm cheating on my boyfriend, you call me unholy and it's it's this view of unholiness being linked to bad behaviour, which actually, when we look in the Bible, isn't what unholiness is. Holiness is about being set apart for God. So we talk a lot about, um, about how God views you once you're saved and things like that. One of the things that, that God imparts to you is, is holiness through Jesus. So 
So this idea that other people's views of what you're doing change how, who you are as your identity is something that's really strong. The flip side is that they both end with the view of everyone else is doing things that aren't that great, so who cares? And has this really strong underline of, you might say I'm unholy, but I can do whatever I want because that person down the road also is doing something that's not that good and, and we're all fallen, so meh. Um, which again is something that isn't that isn't the same as what we believe biblically um, and is worth being aware of in popular culture that names being that word is being used at, for a different meaning than what we would use it when we're talking about what Jesus says um, another really positive thing sorry another thing this time really positive in um, is uh, social justice is seeing a real resurgence in pop music at the moment. Um, Stormzy's, um, particularly when he's live, is using his platform to call out things like the government's reaction to Grenfell, his, um, his Glastonbury set, I don't know if any of you saw it, um, is very explicit. So, on what we were saying earlier, won't be for everyone. Um, as part of that, he used it to raise up the um, profile of a lot of um, up-and-coming uh, young black musicians, um, and he used it in his clothing choices and his set design to call out um, attitudes on knife crime um, and gang culture and things like that. Um, his album, uh, Gang Signs and Prayer, takes a real honest look at a sort of someone being saved out of gang life, um, so there's some really interesting stuff going on there. Katy, per Katy Perry released um, her song about um, social media and the effect that's having on young people. Childish Gambino recently released This Is America, which is all about um, uh, how, how black people are being treated in America at the moment and people of colour. Um, there's some really good stuff coming out um, which really links into that idea of music can make a difference and pop culture can make a difference in how people view things and what the conversations are. So there's some really positive stuff going on there. Um, this isn't new, but it's common and it always has been. Songs talk about relationships. Um, there is a lot... Of, of songwriters talking about exes, talking about partners, talking about breakups, talking about how to have romantic relationships. Um, just a few I put off the top of my head. Ariana Grande is doing a lot of stuff around that at the moment, um, following her recent breakup. Ed Sheeran does a lot of stuff. If you look at Galway Girl, Shape of You, um, Don't, it's all about meeting Girls, um, Katy Perry's latest song is all about um, how to deal with a breakup and having thoughts about your about wanting to be with your ex keep cropping up even years after the fact. Um, the 1975 did uh, release Two Time, which is all about um, cheating on your partner and then trying to blag it off as old nothing really happened. There's loads of stuff out there. Some of it. 
portrays stuff that's really real. Like, I think Katy Perry's latest song, Never Really Over, portrays a really real thing of, of breaking up with someone and, and having it come back. And, it, and portrays it in a really good way, like, of, of having to repeatedly deal with some things. Like, that's a really real thing. 1975's song is perhaps also a real thing but not a good thing like hopefully fewer and fewer people will be put in positions like that it's it's not a good thing to be writing songs about I cheated on someone and and now I'm trying to explain it away to my girlfriend like that's not a great a great message um and the last thing I wanted to touch on briefly is the idea of religious iconography being reappropriated, which sounds a bit like airy-fairy and out there. Basically, there's a few songs around. The biggest example I could think of is um, Take Me to Church by Hosier, which is a song which uses language that we would use about God. So it talks about um, worshipping at the altar. It talks about um, uh, breaking bread. It uses all of these really religious terms, but to talk about sex. So it, re-appro- it takes all of the, the religious language we would use and then uses it to talk about, about something totally other than God. Um, which is something that's really good to be aware of happening I don't think that I understand why he does that I think in our in our culture sex often can be a god and he's actually portraying something that for many people is a very real thing of of our sex life becoming more important than than what God would say um but obviously he's not approaching it from that angle. He's not a Christian. Um, but it perhaps gives an in to talk about some of that stuff. Um, there is absolutely nothing new under the sun. Um, as I was looking at some of this, um, so yes, Hosier uses religious icons. In the 90s, Madonna wrote Like a Prayer, which also um, talks about sex using religious language. Um, before that, Leonard Cohen wrote Hallelujah, which, although there have been many versions that have changed the lyrics, the original, again, is using religious language to talk about sex. Um, there is a strong through line throughout history of pop culture talking about sex. Um, social justice is something that's coming back recently. In the 60s, it was really popular. Bob Dylan um, wrote loads of protest songs about some of the stuff that was going on there, um, which was really good. And again, relationships. Music has always talked about relationships. I mentioned Ariana Grande's song, Break Up With Your Boyfriend, I'm Bored. Years ago, Avril Lavigne um, released, Hey, hey, you, you, I don't like your girlfriend. I think you need a new one. I want to be your girlfriend. It's exactly the same message in a different style about a decade ago. So none of this stuff is new. Um, it's stuff that keeps coming back. The, one of the really good things on that is, so I said earlier, I can't tell you what is helpful and unhelpful for you to listen to because I don't know you. 
you are surrounded by people who do know you, like whether it means speaking to friends, whether it means um, perhaps saying to someone like, this new album's out, I really want to listen to it, can you just give it a listen first, let me know whether you think that would be good. Um, like I say, some of this stuff you can find from decades ago. Please no one in the room be offended by what I'm about to say. Your youth leaders may be old, but they, they still have a lot of really good wisdom. Like, it is not uncool or bad to go to your youth leaders and say do you think this is a good idea like they can help you help you walk through some of this stuff you don't have to do it alone and it's not wise to do it alone um, so yeah that's a few stuff coming out there I thought it would be worth putting some of this into practice um, I've got a few songs that I thought I'd just play a little bit of um, and then I'm just going to encourage you like whilst it's playing like just chat to the people around you like what do you like about it what don't you like about it is it saying anything that you're like that's that's an interesting view on, on this. I don't agree with that. Or, or I do agree with that. And, and it would be a... And it's a good thing that is currently being spoken. Um, I'm not going to play loads of stuff. I'm not going to play whole things. And I've deliberately avoided anything explicit, um, anything that has really graphic language. Because, um, like I say, that's not helpful for everyone. And it wouldn't be right to assume that it was and just be like, cool, we're going to listen to it, it, well, it means I couldn't put pretty much any Stormzy on this um, so let's see if I can remember how to open my friend's phone yes okay, this is um, a song by Imogen Heap this is um, a little bit older, but it's called um, Bad Body Double. So yeah, have a bit of a chat amongst yourselves. What do you like? What don't you like? What's good? What's not good? Um, it is all about um, body image, um, clearly. Okay. I hope you had some interesting thoughts and stuff like that um, this next song is Selena Gomez which I know is not to everyone's taste I'm going to be honest I love her new album um, or her latest album uh, this is, I'm going to preface this with this is quite a nice song personally it's one of the saddest songs I've heard in a while it's all about um, relationships um, and and jealousy and things like that um, but it is really good. So see what you think. So that's Perfect by Selena Gomez. What do you think? Cool. I am actually going to say something on that one because I was going to just leave them open and be like, chat about them, but it really breaks my heart every time I hear it. 
Um, and, and I think it's a really real and relatable song, but it's all about someone having their boyfriends. She's talking about a situation where her hypothetical boyfriend has obviously cheated on her. But her response to that is one of, I wish I could be like her. I wish I was better. I, obviously, I'm the one at fault here. And it's just so heartbreaking because, because it's, as the, as the person listening in, as the outside observer, it's so clear that that no, it's not that you weren't a good enough person, it's that, it's that he treated you wrong, it's that he was in the wrong, he wasn't, he didn't treat you with the respect and value you deserve, not you should have been like that other girl. And yeah, it's so heartbreaking and yet so relatable. Um, so there's some really interesting stuff in there. It doesn't really, as a song, doesn't really put a value judgment on anything. It's left to us to do that ourselves. Um, yeah. I'm going to play one more thing, then go for... see if anyone has any questions. So I've got a playlist of about ten songs. I'm just looking through them going, which one next? Um... Okay, this is by Hey Violet. This is called This Is Me Breaking Up With You. Yeah, so have a, have a bit of a chat. What do you think of that? Like, what are they saying about relationships? What do they think they're for? What's the point? All that sort of stuff. Okay, I know that's been really short time with those, um, and there's probably lots more to discuss. Dissertations could be written on all of the themes that are coming out of these. So, um, But yeah, I hope some of that has been helpful. I hope, um, I hope that it's been useful. I really like, as a sort of final thought, really just want to encourage you guys to, uh, to, to, be, to be able to listen to, to what's out there and, and judge it for what it is. Um, that there will be good stuff in there, there will be bad stuff in there, um, and it's all about discerning what's, what's good, what's bad, what's right for you, what's not right for you, um, and, and doing that with the help of those around you. So yeah, does anyone, um, I've just got, we've got a little bit of time left, if anyone has any questions they want to ask, I know there's a mic around somewhere, um, put your hand up, if not, we will finish there. There is a handheld mic that is going to come to you, it's just not where we thought it was. Hi, thanks for the talk. Um, so beyond lyrics, there's many other ways you can use, as you mentioned, it's, it's a big part is like the melodies and then there's the lyrics are work together. Um, 
and I know that maybe as a producer I'm hoping you can comment there's a lot of ways within music where you can start to almost manipulate the emotions of people to feel a certain way with certain melodies or rises or dips or discordance or all of these different techniques so my question to you is along do you think it's ethical to or should, should we be aware of that and do you think it would be ethical to use those sorts of techniques in something like worship if we can use that to, to raise or, or lower the, the energy of a crowd for instance yeah so that's a massive question that I'm not fully qualified to answer so with that caveat here's some thoughts <laughs> um, yeah there's like in marketing and in film music and things like that there's a lot that goes on with music to, um, to help create certain emotions to help reflect certain emotions um, it's not just with music um, and I think it's worth looking at how, how it plays across the board so a similar question in public speaking um, would be is it right to um, use the rule of three which is a rhetorical device of, of pairing stuff up in threes to help give it greater impact um, Largely, I think as a musician, I see in other art forms like public speaking, like graphic design, we tend to say that it's using your gifting to the best of its ability um, rather than worrying about what's going on. I do think we have to be careful with that um, and I think that comes down to... Um, it comes down to a good, well-rounded church of multiple giftings. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd be happy to chat about that more without a mic. <laughs> um, in terms of this specifically, I think there is, there is stuff to be aware of that, like um, uh, how... How, like with film music, how the music affects what's going on on screen, how it changes things. Um, it, you can get really in-depth and weird with that, like oboes are used to reflect love. Um, something that someone decided once, and it's been used in so many films, that now everyone uses oboes for love. Um, there's some really interesting stuff there, but yeah. Does anyone else want to ask anything? Yes. Yeah. Can I have a little bit more of the handheld in that monitor? This one? Yeah, I've got it. Just there, and then if you had one. Um, what is your opinion on God is a woman? <laughs> I'm going to be... Uh, so, for those that don't know... God is a Woman is a song. Um, rather unhelpfully, a song I have not listened to. <laughs> um, so I don't have um, an opinion. I have heard friends respond to it um, negatively and uneasily. But um, the best I can offer is um, I will listen to it and come back to me tomorrow. Um, I'll be here and I can, I can give you some more helpful thoughts than that. But, um, but I haven't actually heard it yet, so I can't say sorry. 
Okay. If anyone does have questions that they just didn't want to ask on the mic, or if you want to challenge me and say you completely disagree with anything I've just said, then please feel free to come up, chat. I'll be around. Um, yeah, thank you very much. Thank you.